On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Sidetracks, the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. There, I'm Brittany. If you hear a puppy behind me, it's because Gizmo's decided to climb all over me. And I have to apologize in advance. I'm not sick, but I am having some throat issues. So I do sound a little bit deeper than normal. So. It's just husky. Oh, it's yes. husky. I know I'm getting over allergies and um, I think we had a cold snap in Alabama. So hopefully some of these allergies go away. But, like, I've been rehearsing for a musical, and all of the group numbers, I'm singing really high notes. But, like, my one solo is kind of a lower song, and it's kind of nice. I'm like, I sound real good now. I don't know if I feel better if the allergies go away by the time the show opens, if I'm going to sound as deep and husky. But, like, right now, I'm like, I sound much lower than I actually am. It's fun. Yeah. Yes. How how are you doing, Brett? I'm good. I'm good. So Katie knows uh, our longtime friend, listener, and occasional guest, guest Dalton, uh, got married to their very lovely bride this past Saturday. They did. We, yes. we both attended. Yes. Brittany took pictures with Taylor. I did, yeah. They're going to be gorgeous. It was gorgeous. I cried. I don't usually cry at weddings. Dude, so I had to tell Sarah, uh, Dalton's wife, this. I, uh, just looking for the photos, I cried twice. That's I mean, not even a lie. <laughs> it was a very lovely wedding. They're both very lovely people. I mean, you guys have met Dalton before, obviously, but Sarah is absolutely amazing as well hopefully sarah will feel comfortable to come on the podcast i know she says that she's in every man's opinion with movies and i'm like sarah that is a valid opinion come on and show us what come show us up honestly in a good way but they're both lovely people the the weird thing is a sweet thing they both wrote their own vows but then dalton started crying as you do and they started just going off the cuff, and it was lovely. But then Sarah's written vow said, like, almost the exact same phrase a couple times. And it was, like, the sweetest thing. And that's when I started crying. Yeah. I got through Dalton's okay. Because usually, like, if everyone else is crying, I'm like, I'm cool. But, like, for some reason, like, I was like, it's just, like, I couldn't hold it in anymore. And I was just like, oh, my God. But it was very sweet. It was very beautiful. 
And congratulations, all. Y'all are great. I'll tell you, like, uh, I was so focused on the ceremony, like, that I was, like, hearing it. And I was like, oh, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. But I was like, I have a job to do. But um, by the time <laughs> by the time Dalton's mother-son dance rolled around, or mother-parent mother dance, I should say, because Dalton's father stepped in and danced with Sarah. And I think, like, seeing, seeing them dance with their mom and seeing... Dalton's dad danced with Sarah. I just like started like crying, crying. I was like, oh my God. It was, and then Taylor, of course, was like pointing and laughing at Brittany crying because Taylor very famously does not cry. Yeah. At oh, anything. And, oh, and you know, that's like a, a sore subject that I always joke, but I'm being serious too. I'm like, well, Dalton cried when they saw Sarah and Taylor's like, stop. Because, <laughs> because Taylor did not cry when um he saw me on our wedding day, which is okay. But I mean, it's not okay. everybody is a crier though. That is true. Like, that's and funny. I don't usually cry when I'm happy. Usually I cry when I'm frustrated about things, but I don't know. I haven't been married yet, so we'll see if that gets to happen. Yeah. So will. I will say, and this is no shade to Sarah and Dalton, but I've been to several weddings in the last year and nobody, there has been no single men at any of these weddings, at least none that I've met. And I teased my cousin Matthew about this because when he got married in August, I was like, there's no single men. There's like cousins. And then there was like all of his groomsmen and they all had girlfriends and they're a little younger than me. So I was just joking, but I was like, what happened to the wedding crashers thing? Where like you meet people at weddings. Isn't that what they're for? So being single in your 30s sucks. That's all I'm going to say. And it's lovely. It's also nice to not have to like have factor somebody else in. But I will say... I don't know how to meet people at this point, except for dating apps. And I hate dating apps. And I literally started dating my husband right before dating apps became a thing. So if you guys ever want to write us, weigh in, how do you meet people? Please do, because I'm even curious now. So I mean, I'm just curious. I'm like, oh, surely at a wedding there will be like single people. I met some lovely, lovely, cool people. I was about to say, I had a really fun time. I started talking with a bunch of friends, but everybody was in a couple. And I was just like... You would know something funny, though. It is, I mean, this is like the type of thing you see like in a Hallmark movie. But like, so one of Taylor's best friends, his wife has a best friend that was one of her bridesmaids. And she was telling me how she met her boyfriend, who like, now they live together. But at their other friend's wedding, sorry, it's a lot of friends of friends. But at their other friend's wedding, she was a bridesmaid who got paired up with a groomsman. And that groomsman now, her boyfriend. Well... Who's going to get married and have me be a bridesmaid and fix me up? I mean, I know. Like, y'all, come on. I mean, come on. Everyone invited single people to weddings when I was in a relationship. And now it's like, I'm not in a relationship. And I'm like, okay, where are all the single men that were hitting on me while I was in a relationship? Come on, y'all. <laughs> come out from the shadows. I'm just kidding. No, it's fine. I mean, the thing is, like, you do meet people. But then, like, at this point in your life, and I'm, I'm only in my 30s, but still... Like, it's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to deal with single men bullshit. It depends. It depends on the person. But there's some men that I have gone out with and they're very nice men, but they just do things that I'm like, I don't have the patience to deal with that kind of immaturity anymore. Like, I have, I, I feel like I've reached a point in my life where I'm like, I can't teach someone how to be a good partner at this point. I did that. I'm done doing that. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's also holiday season. I was talking with another friend who's single, and she's like, I think I'm ready to date. 
But I'm going to wait until after the holidays are over because I feel like everybody's really desperate during the holidays and I'm too busy and I can't deal with it. I was like, yeah, I keep saying that. And then like three months will go by. and I'm like, well, I still haven't gotten back on that dating app. Oops. Anyways, but I'm happy that Sarah and Dalton have found true love. Yes, they are the sweetest, most precious couple and I love them. I love them. And Dalton and Sarah, I do have to say if you're listening. So they did have one of the best ideas I've ever seen, which is they had to go boxes at their wedding, which I thought they was did. Brilliant. brilliant for the cake. Oh, oh, and I meant to tell them the spice, the Mardi Gras cake. Yes. It was gluten free, but it was like the best cake I've had at a wedding because it was like spiced cake. Yes. It was so good and had like a, had a bit of like a cream cheese buttercream. Also, their bakery said someone told me their bakery will bake you a new cake on your first anniversary instead of you freezing a cake topper and then kind of chancing whether or not it's going to taste good in a year and what's funny i will say real quick what our 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 cake actually somehow tasted better on the one year but well we we did like a we did what they told us to do online which was like wrap it in copious amounts of aluminum foil and stick it in a freezer Mm -hmm. and it was phenomenal but yes dalton sarah uh because of your to-go box my mom who's in the hospital who's about to be released tomorrow um she was able to enjoy their wedding cake and she too thought it was amazing also they had pasta Mm. which Mm. it was from okay i don't know i think this is a regional thing there's a restaurant called Nothing But Noodles, and they serve nothing but noodles. And the first one in Alabama, I think in Alabama, I know in, in the area that they live, was when I was, like, in high school. And I was like, oh, my God, there's a restaurant. It's nothing but pasta. And it's not just, like, pasta. They have, like, Asian pasta, Italian pasta, a mac and cheese. They have every kind of pasta you could possibly want. And it's great. And I love that place. But that was what catered. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, I'm so excited. Because I was like. It's it's literally one of my favorite places. The salad so. was so good too. I was oh, like, and they had Aw. a really good salad. Yeah, they had a really good salad. It was very fresh, um, and they had pasta, and they have really good breadsticks there too. Mm, it was good. I was like, it was really good. I was thoroughly impressed with the catering. So <laughs> yeah, that is one of my favorite. Someone was like, it's nothing but noodles. I was like, oh my god, nothing but noodles. And I was like, that was too loud, and not enough people know who me for me to be this loud. Whoops. <laughs> but it's just really good. So I guess, let's talk about TV shows and movies we've been watching. Yeah. What have you been watching, Britt? Okay, so I guess I'll start because our last episode was on Halloween and we touched on the franchise and some predictions. So I did watch Halloween Ends. Oh, you did? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Well, I will say so. Uh, Dalton, I'm going to like plug you here, buddy. Uh, so Dalton put on their letterbox they gave it like a one it says halloween ends and they put thank god it did and i was like (laughs) 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 i really need to find dalton's letterbox if i don't already have it because those are the kind of sassafras reviews i like so and this was like the night before their (laughs) this was the night before their wedding and i said well it I came think, out like two days beforehand, yeah. and so they went, and Sarah liked it, because I yeah. asked Sarah, and she was like, I liked it. Oh. She's like, but apparently nobody else is like, Sarah, 
She it's did. Okay. She did tell me she liked it, but she says she also thought Halloween Kills was better. Which I didn't even like Halloween Kills. I didn't Kills. either. So that's why I was like, uh, which I know, Armand, if you're listening, you have a different opinion because you saw it uh, in a room full of Halloween fans and you're like, this is great. I mean, that's a different experience, yeah. though. Yeah. And so it's like funny, but I messaged Dalton. I was like, is it that bad? And they're just like, are you going to watch it? And I'm like, I'm going to try to watch it tomorrow. And so, sure enough, it's like, I tried to watch it. We got 20 minutes in, and I fell asleep. And so, I had to tell Dalton. I was like, I'm so sorry. I fell asleep watching it. And they're like, no, you're saving yourself. You're saving yourself. And I was like, no, my curiosity Pike is Pike. I have to watch the rest of it now. So, I did. It is... Not good? uh, It is... Okay, so this isn't going to be a major spoiler, um, but they literally introduce a new character that's kind of like a primary Mm-mm. protagonist. Mm-mm. Yes, yes. Like, they decide to introduce, like, a kind of new protagonist character that we follow for almost, I would say, two-thirds of the film, if not a little more. The dialogue is really fucking weird. Like, it is... There's some things they say in that movie that I'm just like, does no one in Haddonfield know how to have, like, a natural conversation Because, like, this is not something that people say out loud to each other. Just really weird, like, conflict. There are two, so for our horror fans that do, like, graphic violent kills, there are two very, very violent graphic kills. One that I think is kind of really badass, um, that I won't spoil until Katie gets to watch and we'll talk about it next time. Sorry, y'all. But, yeah, it, uh, I mean, I I guess I kind of like maybe the ending a little bit. But not enough in a way that I would say it's good. Like the movie is for the most part mm. pretty bad. And then I would say there's maybe one or two good scenes. But for the most part it's pretty bad. There is a few cool callbacks to the Halloween franchise though. So I mean if you're a fan of Halloween you're going to see those callbacks. That's going to be kind of cool. They, did they flash back and have Jim Cummings again? They did not have Jim Cummings again. Damn it! Dalton did point out, and I didn't even catch this, that the the opening title, because they do have, like, the pumpkin, like, you know, how, like, the first, the opening to Halloween, mm-hmm. like, that iconic is showing the credits and you have the pumpkin. Yeah. So there's, like, a pumpkin and it keeps morphing. And I was like, oh, is it, like, representing Michael Myers, like, over the years? But Dalton pointed out that the font is Halloween's threes font. So I thought that was cool. I was like, I wouldn't even caught that. That's good. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I think I said this on our Halloween review. I think... Much like Rob Zombie, I think is it David Gordon Green? Did they direct Halloween Ends? Yeah, well, they're the the same person did all of them. I think. Okay. I I think that they have a lot of love for the yeah. Halloween franchise. I just don't think they planned it out. So maybe that's mean. I don't know, but I feel like that's a lot of just like a lot of laziness. Frankly. Yeah. I just, there was a few things, and um, when you see it, Katie, we can talk a little bit more in depth, and I'll also give a lot of our listeners two more weeks to see it, too, in case they haven't caught it by this point. But there's just a few things, even story-wise, that I'm like, if they have shifted this here and this here, I think it would have been more cohesive. I just don't think, I don't know, it just, yeah, I mean, I can't talk about too much without spoiling it, but that would be my bottom line, it's like, there's a few cool kills. There's a there's one or two scenes that I thought Wait. were really interesting. But you know what's even better? What Dalton didn't even give it a full star. Dalton gave it half a star. Oh wow! I was like, I thought I followed Dalton on Letterbox. Wait, Britt, do you have Letterbox? I don't. I need to get one. 
Oh, okay. I was like, I didn't think you'd. I was like, am I not following you? But I am following because I feel like Dalton was my first friend that had letterbox. I I know I know Dalton's letterbox because I see their stories, and that's where I'll see where they'll give movies ratings and their stories. Well, I, yeah, it literally says Halloween Eds. Thank God it did. Yeah. <laughs> ah! I'm sorry. I love it, Dalton. I love it. But Barbarian four stars. So, Barbarian's coming on October 25th. Which is so. funny because, of course, our editor, Ryan, was not as big of a fan. A lot of people were giving Barbarian a lot of acclaim, and Ryan did not like it as much, so. Yeah, I am I am very curious how, how, what I'm going to think about it. Yeah. I'm wondering because I keep hearing there's a twist, and I usually pride myself on figuring out twists. I'm like, I wonder if I can figure out this twist or not. I mean... What was it? What movie did we both see that... Oh, I was trying to talk about Nope with people mm-hmm. that hadn't seen it. And I was like, listen, Brittany said this before I, I saw it. And I kind of had a similar thing where, like, I guessed it right before it happened. Mm-hmm. But going into the movie, it's not what you think it is. And I the the creativeness of what it was yeah. was very cool and something that no one had done. So, I enjoyed it. Yeah. But, I was like, I liked it. I don't understand why people don't like Nope as much. I don't think it's as much horror as it is sci-fi horror. Just like, you know, because I mean, he he is more of horror comedy. I feel like this one had more comedy in it. But I really liked Nope. So. I think it's. But I don't think I'm going to like Halloween ends. (laughs) Yeah. I do. I will say with Nope, and before I guess we'll get ready to move on, I will say with Nope is that I do think it's elevated scene in theater because it has all those gorgeous wide shots. So I don't think. I mean, it's not that you can't watch it on your home TV and still like and appreciate the movie, but I do think it's definitely a theatrical experience just because of how wide the shots are. Um, in the yeah. movie. Now, I did see something. I watched something last night that I know you watched, too. So, I did watch oh. 2022 Hellraiser last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How how, how did we think? Uh, what did we think? I think you're basic is what I thought. So, <laughs> like... <laughs> I know that's really big. I saw somebody <laughs> I think I think our friend Armand just did it on Syndicate this week and one of the quotes I believe from their co-host was it's like the cast of Euphoria does Hellraiser and the main character is like Rue and I hate that character. I was like I was like I didn't hate her. Yeah. But okay, positives. I liked the Cenobite's design. I thought there was interesting. I liked that the people, like, that accidentally opened the puzzle box were using their brains to figure out different ways of getting out of it. That was nice. I liked that stuff. However, there was more CGI than I would have liked. Yeah. Like, I thought it was really awful, like, what happened to the the brother. I won't say what. But, like, that was bad redeeming. I did like the choice that the main character made at the end. I thought that at least showed some growth. But it was very basic horror movie. But I honestly think the original Hellraiser is quite basic. Except for the graphic sexual stuff and the torture and the body horror. Like, the storyline is pretty basic. Yeah. Like, ooh, spooky scary. Like, it's not... Which is why, like, I I didn't see it till I was an adult, so it didn't really scare me very much. But I will say, like, the gore is cool in the original one because it's practical effects. This one didn't have as much practical effects. And I'm sure it was a budgetary thing. Because I, I like that director a lot. But it was kind of like, 
Like, there was too much CGI. Yeah. In my opinion. And I think I, I'm kind of in the same way where I've never read the novella, The Hellbound Heart. I'm familiar with it. So, I know, like, in The Hellbound Heart, they don't call it Pinhead. Um, because Pinhead. No. Yeah. But they, they, what do they call it? The Engineer? The Engineer is what? Think, pinhead. No, I think the Engineer is a different character. Is it? I thought the Engineer was Yeah, because I think pinhead. the Engineer actually shows up in, like, the fourth Hellraiser sequel. Okay, and I thought so like the engineer is different than the than Pinhead. Pinhead's not even really the leader, I think, in the book. But they don't call but, it Pinhead though. Like they no they no no no. It. I don't think none of them have the names that they call. Yeah, because I think what we now know them as like Pinhead and Chatterbox and stuff is like what the production crew came up with in the first Hellraiser. Right. So I know yeah. the Pinhead and the novellas describe as being androgynous with feminine voice, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool that they're taking a lot of key kind of descriptions from the novella but there's something about the practical effects in the first movie and the practical i guess how they did the costume and the makeup uh i don't think they the design of the cinnabites in this one really are scary to me i thought scary but i will say it was more intricate yeah and i don't think they're that scary in the first one yeah either i don't i prefer it was prettier yeah and i can see how this started out as a script for the night house because there's a house and they get stuck in the house because the house is like a giant puzzle box. Yeah. Which that part was interesting. And I liked, I don't want to spoil anything, but the one person with the golden thing. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. But yeah, it was very, it was Hellraiser does basic, basic teen slasher. Yeah. And I guess because the night house was so deep, I was kind of hoping, and I keep thinking this anyway, maybe it's because I like elevated horror. But I keep wanting to see like these classic franchises. Yeah, exactly. Someone, so <laughs> me too. I know it's like I like symbolisms. I like metaphor. Uh, you know, kill me. I'm sorry. I like it. I like it when you get like a really great actor like Tony Collette in like a deep piece. Like right. I don't, any anyway. Which I mean, Tony Collette also started with the Sixth Sense. Not that wasn't her first movie. But, but oh that my was god, one of her first yeah, I still ones. cry watching her in the Sixth Sense. It's like I saw She's that. She's so good in it. I saw that when I was ten years old in the theaters, and I still fucking cry watching that movie every year. I unfortunately had the ending ruined for me before uh, I finally got to see it. However, I don't. It didn't spoil the movie for me. Yeah, I'm sure it was a really cool twist if I didn't know it. It was like Fight Club got ruined for me too, but it was still. I could still appreciate it. And I mean, sorry guys, spoilers for the Sixth Sense, but I'm sure most of you know it if you haven't. Even seen it but we were sitting there i was watching it i was with my mom and my dad my brother and i'll never forget so you know bruce willis's wife is like sleepy and she's like why'd you leave me he's like i didn't leave you and she drops his wedding ring and my mom like gasped like so loud like very audibly and that's it's like my mom instantly knew as soon as she dropped that wedding ring that he was dead but it wasn't until like you hear cole going i see dead people that everyone else was like (gasps) So it was like a truly, I remember the ripple effect that went through that theater when that happened. You know what, watching it, the dinner sequence when he's at that restaurant yeah. and the way she talks, that's one where I was like, oh. And unfortunately now, M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong, as I like to call him. When he makes bad movies, he's Shyamalama Ding Dong. I mean, honestly, The Visit wasn't good, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. And like, like the happening was like that. The happening wasn't good, but I laughed at it. Unbreakable, though. I liked Unbreakable. I like The Sixth Sense. I like Signs. And I like, even though I think there's some misrepresentation about uh, DID, I did like Split a lot. I liked the performances in it. That was really great. 
Um, I haven't seen Glass yet because I heard it was poopy. I heard it was really bad. Yeah. But anyways, but Hellraiser. Yes. Yeah. Hellraiser was very basic. I just wanted, I just really wanted like a deep movie with Cenobites. And I think I was just kind of disappointed that I didn't get that movie. So. But the thing is, people watch Hellraiser for gore porn. That's true. It was kind of like torture porn before there was torture porn. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the practical effects in the original one is kind of worth it. And honestly, the acting in the original one is really good. The woman that plays the wife She's fantastic. And the dad, yeah, I, the whole thing's great. Like, I think it's well done horror, but it's not quite as basic yeah. as this new one. I mean, I did like that there was some representation. Yeah, they have you they know? Had a diverse cast, which was nice, so. That was good. And they weren't bad. None of them were bad. It was just kind of like the story was pretty basic, which I wonder if, like, the meat of that story got turned into the night house. Yeah. And so they were like... Well, here's what we didn't use for the night house. Oh, it's even funny because we were in the car on the way to Sarah and Dalton's wedding and I had my iPod, iPod, I'm sorry, I had my Apple Music on shuffle because <laughs> I just ruined my age. But the Calvary Cross came on and I was like, come on, Taylor, tell Aww. me what movie this is from. And he's like, I know it. I know it. I just can't think of it. <laughs> I was like, remember? I was like, a woman loses her husband. And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, the night house. And he's like, God. You know, like, he was so pissed at him. <laughs> so, but I mean, when, like, you hear, God. when you hear that song, and it instantly takes you to parts of that movie. I'm like, that's like a strong feeling to associate, like, even music so strongly with a movie. I supposed to be a series originally yeah it's just a movie i think they're planning to make it into a franchise though is that like what i've heard okay i would say because it's on hulu you can go watch it it's nothing special the old ones on i think shutter or amazon prime did you watch the midnight club yet only the first episode i like the first episode though i do i so i think i've gotten through three episodes but uh i had to take a break for my mental health because this the I like the stories they're telling. If you didn't if you don't know the setup, it's a group of terminally ill teens and like young adults in a hospice home and they meet at midnight to tell scary stories. So that's like the framing device. And the scary stories are actually really good. The first two I saw were really dark and really good and it was based on a, a like a young adult um, book series that I had not read. Um, and it's a Mike Flanagan project, mm. so, you know, I, we love Mike Flanagan. But because of the subject matter, and because characters do die because they're terminally ill, I had to take a break because I I think I've shared this on the podcast, but I did lose a childhood friend to cancer when I was 14. <laughs> so <laughs> watching that triggers stuff that I didn't think would still trigger me. So I did have to like step away and I was like, I'm getting the real bad sads and I need to take a mental health break. But it is a good show. And I think if you don't have that kind of trauma in your past, it you probably won't bother you at all. But I could still watch it. Like I just like I took a break and then I went back and I watched it. I really liked the yeah, the Wicked Heart one. I think it's like episode two or three was like real dark um and yeah i like it and there's also cameos by heather langenkamp from elm street and robert longstreet who's been in like every miniseries with mike flanagan plays the janitor in a couple episodes 
I love his voice. In the first episode, it's like, I guess there's like a guy that like visits him and uh, I, I don't know who he is, if he's a nurse or not, but he visits him in like the dining hall. And I went, it's Riley from Midnight Mass. I don't remember the actor's name. I just knew it was Riley. Oh, yeah. I missed Riley. Yeah. Now I've, I gotta go back and see that. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, is he the one that they're saying he's young and not yes. dying? What's not yes, 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 yes. They're like, why do you hate that guy? He's so nice. He's young and he's not dying. What's not to hate? Yep. Oh, because of course there's like a mystery because there might be a cult in the basement that used to, and like some girl mysteriously had her cancer just go away after being there. And so like the main girl that you follow there is trying to figure out if there's some kind of healing property on there. Um, also the, the awful lady from Midnight Mass. Oh yeah. Bev, was that her yes. name? Yes. Wait, what was her name? Beth or Bev? Or- I think Bev is I don't right. Know. The crazy lady, the the bitch of all bitches. That plays in that Stephen's show. wife in Haunting of Hill House. Yes, she yeah. did play Stephen's wife. Yes, mm-hmm. you're right. She's in it as like this hippie lady that's like walking on the land and runs into her. She's lovely. I love that actress. She's great. It's just I hated her character, but it's because she was such a good actress yeah. that I hated her character so much. But yeah, I I like it. It's just like it's a lot of cancer stuff, and I mean I appreciate them going there and covering that subject matter and. I think he's doing a really good job of not overly romanticizing being terminally ill because there's a lot of like cancer porn, not cancer, you know what I mean? Like, like, like those like, oh, I like terminally ill teen romance movies. And I'm like, like, listen, cancer sucks. And a lot of us have lost people to cancer, but I feel like sometimes overly romanticizing something so awful is just... It annoys me. It bothers me. But again, I had to watch somebody go through it. And I wasn't even like, I mean, I was just her, one of her friends. Like, it's different. I don't know. I don't know how I would feel if I was a family member. And But I don't feel that he's being exploitative. I feel like it's very heartfelt because it's Mike Flanagan. But I'm just going to warn you. If you too have lost a friend to childhood cancer, there's a lot of kids dying. And the one girl in the wheelchair looks so much like how my friend did when she was sick. Oh. Like she would wear that kind of hat and that kind of outfit. And she was also just like a naturally like kind of skinnier person. So like, and luckily the girl talks in an Irish accent. So it doesn't sound like her at all. But I was just like, I was getting real triggered for a second. I was like, oh, oh, I gotta go. Ah. Uh, but it's fine. It's, it's, I think the actors are really good and I like everybody. Yeah. It's a good show. I just like, just beware. If that's going to trigger you. Oh, yeah. I mean, we talk about triggering things. And, you know, you know, when we reviewed Relic, I had no idea that Relic mm-hmm. was going to have the effect it had on me. But I, like, yeah. fucking was hysterically sobbing during the last, like, ten minutes of Relic. And I'll probably never... And you don't know until you know. I'll never watch it again. It's a beautiful movie, no. but I'll never watch it again. No, it's... And it's and the thing is that it's just very unflinchingly honest. Yeah. And I think Midnight Club is because they're not making these kids romanticize they're they're being actual people and everyone deals with dying and grief differently and i'm glad that there is a tv show i'm sad i didn't know about the books earlier because it sounds like it would have been a cool thing to read well i probably wouldn't have read them as a child because of that triggering because it would have been too fresh but if i had read them beforehand maybe but yeah so it's but it's good it's really good and i'm excited for the fall of the house of usher which should come out next year Mm. but i think this is good i'm glad mike flanagan has netflix as like his little home base to create all these 
lovely projects because Dr. Sleep was fucking amazing and it didn't do that well at the box office. But, like, people will watch all of his Netflix stuff and just love it. Yeah. I'm glad he's got that home. I may be mad at Netflix for going up to $25 a month, but apparently they're coming out with a cheaper ad version. So I'm probably going to switch to that because I'm like, I remember when it was $6 a You know what? It's funny that you said that because I just, like, had, like, so another thing reminded me of Ryan and my friend Samantha texted me because this is what made me think of it. So Sam texted me and said, I'm really mad at Netflix. And I was like, oh, is it because they're about to go you know, they're either you're gonna get ads or you're gonna have to pay more. And she's like, no, because they f- fucking canceled Archive eighty one. So she started watching Archive that too. She started watching Archive eighty one. Had no idea that it was only one season and had been canceled. Oh, no! Yeah, and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I could have saved you from that heartache if you had told me you were watching it. But it is a really good series. It is. Maybe if we all complain about it, they'll bring it back. I can't believe it ended on a cliffhanger and they canceled it. I know. So. It was really good and people were watching it. Yeah. But not enough. So I don't get it. Yeah. But not enough people is what Netflix said. God, fuck you. Well, they just made a really good quarter. So maybe they'll bring stuff back. They were cutting budgets because a lot of people were getting rid of it. Yeah. Because it's getting too expensive. But yeah. So I would say watch The Midnight Club. I did get further into Dahmer. I, I got through episode seven and I'm now I'm taking another mental health break for it because episode six was rough yeah so i guess light spoilers for episode six i mean i thought it was great and i thought it was wonderful that they paid attention to one victim's past and kind of like lifted up his life but doing so they kind of romanticized Dahmer's relationship with someone and in real life that person that is a real victim of jeffrey Dahmer's name and all and i think the actor did a really good job i also like that because the person was deaf the way they did with the sound engineering was good yeah but he and Dahmer like were casual acquaintances Dahmer said he had never met him before that night but his friends said otherwise but i don't think they were romantically linked yeah at all and they made this like very romantic way and i guess they're trying to like express the fact that Dahmer killed men because he didn't want them to leave him but he also wanted to have control over them so like they wanted to make one of them like a really heartfelt thing but i'm like but he also tortured and murdered that man and put acid in his brain so i would like you not to romanticize that relationship since it wasn't it's kind of like the blonde thing it's like that's not really how it happened yeah but some of it is very accurate yeah, and it wasn't even, like, like I think because you had warned me episode six was going to be rough. It wasn't even that it was, like, it was that, like, I wasn't, like, crying or anything, but I just felt a little bad about it, and it did make me feel sad, but I'm glad they at least explored one victim's, like, full life to, like, express that everybody who was killed by Jeffrey Dahmer was a person and had families. That I liked episode seven where Niecy Nash's character kind of is, like, kind of, like, what am I trying to say? Not rectified, but like, you know, you know, she figures out, she's like, I was right the whole time. Yeah. But then you feel bad that you were right the whole time. And at first, like, I, I think you're supposed to feel nervous when he's like in her apartment by yourself. But I was like, I mean, he never touched women. He never harmed women. Yeah. Like, he was very specific about who he hurt. So I wasn't really nervous about that. And I also liked that she had kind of power over him being a woman which i found very weird and interesting but then the fact that he made her a sandwich really creeped me out yeah and this is going to be a slight spoiler coming up i can't remember what episode it's in i want to say it may be like eight or nine 
but they they go to John Wayne Gacy, and I knew, like, I told Taylor, I was like, yeah, I haven't gone to that part. Yeah, yet. I told Taylor, I was like, you know, I was like, I know that's John Wayne Gacy. Like, I know as soon as I heard him talking to the young man, and then of course you go in the house, and like the first thing you see is like a drawing of Pogo the clown. And I was like, oh yeah, this is John Wayne Gacy. Now that scene to me is really triggering. So yeah, that's something that. So there was a few times during Dahmer. That I was really unsettled, and I think that was one of the biggest times I was unsettled during watching. Wait, did it. they go to John Wayne Gacy's house and show him killing people? Y- y- killing a man, yeah, killing a, a boy, or I guess a young man. He's probably like in his late teens. Why do they need that in a Dahmer? I one? don't. I guess okay. So this is another spoiler, but this is factual because me and Taylor looked this up. So basically, Jeffrey Dahmer was baptized on the same day that John Wayne Gacy was executed. So they do have like that juxtaposition. Baptized as an adult or as a child? No, ju- as a as a as a adult. So okay. yeah. So yeah. Grew up Catholic. We get baptized when we're itty bitty babies. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, so like, uh, so yeah, but that's like. Oh yeah, because didn't Jeffrey Dahmer find God in prison? Mm-hmm. Like at the very end. Yeah. Didn't Ted Bundy do that too? I think I can't remember with Ted Bundy as much to be honest. Mm. But and this is a really interesting thing. So John Wayne Gacy also was executed during a solar eclipse. And that's like all factual. So because we looked this up because we're like, this is way too. Is that on purpose? I don't know. Like, I don't, you would think not, surely, right? I don't know know how they set execution dates because usually so many prisoners on death row for like years and years, right? Like sometimes like a decade even. Yeah. I don't know if they set the date because they have to schedule it and you have to have so many appeals. So unless I guess you choose not to take the appeals. But you have to have so many appeals if you get on death row. Yeah. It's, I mean, like I said, we already talked about it in depth, but I did get further through it. You know what I did finish, though? On Netflix, Mm -hmm. another Netflix show, The Watcher. I've heard really good things about it. I haven't started it yet. So it's another Ryan Murphy, Ian Brennan project who also did Dahmer, Glee, Ratchet, and Screen Queens. So I knew about the watcher house because stephanie harlow on youtube who does a lot of true crime stuff did a video on it for her halloween thing like a year ago or two years ago and it was a very interesting story because it is based on a true story where this family moved into their dream home in westfield new jersey only to be threatened by these ominous letters written by someone who called themselves the watcher and honestly so there's a lot of factual correct things in it but then they bring in the john list murders which also happened in the same town as the real life house in the watcher but not in the same house so that was kind of weird. you know about the john list murders right uh, yes 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 the guy that killed his whole family and, then and ate, stacked him in the ate, ballroom and ate a sandwich in between or something yeah, yes okay and though there's like a whole thing about like maybe a John List murder happened in the house, but that's I don't that's not real because that house 657 Boulevard in Westfield is not the house that John List killed his family in, um, and that is the address and everybody knows it. You can look it up on I looked it up online today. It's a lovely house. It's very it's a lot less grand than the house in the show, but it's a very be- inside especially is gorgeous and has all these like beautiful windows it's and all this natural light but i will say you'll probably like it because there's a ton of really good actors in it including naomi watts mm. bobby Cannavale, who or Con- canavale yeah he was just in belong yeah he, yeah 
Is he in Blonde? Yeah, too? he plays Joe DiMaggio. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He was he was also Will's boyfriend in Will and Grace, and then most recently for me, Mr. Robot. He was in Mr. Robot. He actually was a really funny character. Who is also really da- dangerous, but he's very funny in Mr. Robot. Margot Martingale. Oh, in it. yes. The queen herself. Richard Kind, uh, who is hilarious. Jennifer Coolidge is a pretty big role in it. Christopher McDonald, who played the dad in the Leave It to Beaver movie in the early 2000s. And Joe Mantello, the director and like stage actor. He's great. I love him. But then also Noma Duma- Dumezweni. Um, she was most recently in Made for Love, but I swear she is the same body type and has and is also British as the woman who played the house uh Mrs. Oh, what was her name? The housekeeper in The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, oh, oh Mrs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love her. Oh, I do too. Different actresses. They're both they're just both very like beautiful like black women who have very short hair and are British. And like, I was like, that does not look like the same woman, but it's like the same character, character type. And I just found it funny. Cause I was like, did Ryan Murphy see haunting a blind man? And was just like, I need a character exactly like that because I don't think that character was in real life. Cause she plays like a detective, but she's in the TV show made for love as a supporting role. And she's really good in that. So like I was, I was racking my brains. I was like, I love that that's just, like, British lady who has very short hair and, like, always wears, like, very nice clothes. It's just... I don't know if it's because they're both British or what, but I think she might have also played Hermione on Broadway... on um in the West End in The Cursed Child. Yeah. I know she was in it. I just... I couldn't find that it said what part she was in. Or at least it had a picture of her there. But anyways, she's really good in it, too. I really liked her character. But yeah, so they, surprisingly, like, a lot of the letters are almost exactly what they got. But it is a mystery that has never been solved. So they do have, they, I think they end it well. Like, not everything is wrapped up in a neat little bow, but they end it enough that, like, it's satisfying, but yeah, I thought it was interesting. I hope that they paid the real people, but they probably didn't. Mm. Yeah, well, after the whole Dahmer controversy, you may be right. I didn't realize Watcher I mean, was Ryan Murphy, to be honest. I kept hearing the series. I didn't realize it was Ryan Murphy series. Yeah, I guess Ryan Murphy just is real busy in October. But it's good. I mean, it's good. I liked it. If you've already, if you already know about the Watcher house, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say it's going to ruin anything for you because they they dramatize a lot. Yeah. They dramatize. Sorry. Dramatize. They get very dramatic about a lot of things. So I don't think it would ruin it. But it was something that like I had learned about like a year or two ago. And I didn't like go back and listen because I wanted to be more like surprised. But yeah, going back, like everything's very, very similar. So that was good. Um, I would suggest it. Um, did you watch anything else? Uh, I think we went over everything I've watched except also, obviously, very obviously, new episode of House of the Dragon, so. Yes, I watched that. I watched the, the last Patty Constantine episode, the last Viserys episode. Love him. Did you watch this episode nine? Oh, yeah, okay. I watched it. Yeah, the ending was the best thing I've ever seen. Um, I mean, I feel a little better with Allison, but still, 
I hate her dad. Yeah, I know. Otto is like, oof. Oof. Well, also, like, I'm sorry. And the fact that they... I don't want to spoil it too much. If y'all haven't watched episode nine, don't don't listen to this part. But I hate how they killed like the one person. Like Kristen Cole is an asshole. I know. Now. It's like Loris Beastberry is like the first casualty of the dance, technically. Yeah, he's just like, I mean, he just killed that man. I was like, oh my God. And I'm sure they killed those people that wouldn't bend the yeah, knee. Yeah, because you see the one hanging, the one that tries to escape, too. But I love Renaris. Ren- Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra. Rhaenys. Rhaenys. Oh my they're god, all their names are almost exactly the same. similar, yes. I love Rhaenys. Yes. First of all, I love that she's like, I can't leave my dragon. Yes. And then, and then not only did she not leave her dragon, but I wish she had just burned them all. The only reason, and I thought this was the case, but then they did say in the after episode too, is that, you know, it's because she lost her two children, she could do it to Allison. Like, she could inflict a mother's pain onto Allison. Yeah, but she could have saved the whole... Family. That's the thing that, like, a lot of people were like, if she had just done it, she would have saved a lot more bloodshed later. But it was... Is that in the book? No, it's not. Her... Okay. So, which I kind of like that they made Helena a sightseer, because Helena kept talking about the monster... Oh, the dragon beneath the floorboards. The dragon beneath the floorboards. She says it, like, twice. And so yeah. I was like, ooh, and I thought... But I still didn't connect that the dragon was going to literally burst out from the fucking floorboards. That was really cool. It was really, really cool. It was Awesome. Also, I did like that. That what's his name? Who's the new king? Oh, Aegon. Aegon. Aegon yeah, Aegon. Aegon. I like that Aegon knows that he's not going to be a good king <laughs> and tries to say no. And I was like, oh, look, some self reflection. And then it's like, oh, or not. I even like too where Aegon is riding over with Alicent, and he's like, you know, Dad didn't want me to be king. Like he championed him for Renera yeah. all these years. Like you know, he if he wanted me to be king, he would have yeah said it. And the sad thing is, is that Alicent really does believe with all of her heart that she's right. It's just she's misheard it because she didn't know about the fucking prince that was promised. But but the other thing is like. Again, so you think it's his dying wish, so he was the king. Who the fuck cares? He's not the king anymore. No. You know? Like, that's what, like, he, if he really wanted it that much, he would have changed it. I do like how, like, when she finds out there in the small council that they were secretly planning to put Aegon the whole time on the throne, she was, like, a little pissed. She's like, you guys yeah. weren't telling me this. And when she's like, he loved his daughter, like, he... He would not want his daughter to be killed. I was like, there you go, Allison, standing up yeah. for yourself. I don't yeah. think Allison is evil. I think... Misguided. She is misguided, and I think she gets jealous very easily. And because I don't think she's ever really done anything for herself. Yeah. Well, she's she a pawn. She did what her father wanted her to do, and now she's doing stuff for her children. But I don't think she's ever had any agency of her own. And I think because of that, she acts out in bad ways. Whereas Rhaenyra has taken her life in her own hands. She started out doing that. She married somebody she didn't really want to be with. But she tried to make it work with them. And when that didn't work out, she married her uncle lover. (sighs) Still gross. But who is becoming a better person. So, okay. But, like, she does have agency. And I think that's why Rhaenyra is more... Like, she's more, I won't say lovable, but I she's more genuine because she actually has taken her life into her own hands and has agency, whereas 
Allison really hasn't had agency. And so she's now misusing her agency. Yeah. But I will say this. We shall see. The finale is obviously this Sunday. And we're probably going to be without House of the Dragon for two years. Because they keep predicting that the next season will be 2024. We do know mm-hmm. that the next episode is going to take place at Storm's Inn. Where uh, House Baratheon is. Anyone who's read Fire and Blood knows that it's not good. What's going to happen? My heart's breaking. I'm not going to spoil it, guys, but my heart Wait, is breaking. Wait, House Baratheon? Mm-hmm. Why would they be involved? Because, so basically, uh, is it envoy is the word I'm looking for? So, envoy, envoy yeah. thank you. So, so Renera is going to find out, obviously, which is awful, that not only she's going to find out that her dad's dead, but she's also going to find out that, like, oh, shit, and they stole my crown from me, essentially. Which they do right. show Rainey's, I think, takes Viserys' crown. So, she while Aegon's wearing Aegon the Conqueror's crown, Rhaenyra will be wearing her father's crown, which I do like. But essentially, Baratheon, House Baratheon Rhaenys Targaryen is Targaryen and Baratheon. Her mother was a Baratheon. Oh, okay. So, okay, okay. Um, and so basically, Rhaenyra is going to send someone, I won't say who, to Barath- House Baratheon Storms in to get their support. <gasps> oh, yeah. yeah, and they fight with, yeah, I do know about mm-hmm. that. I looked up some stuff. Yeah. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. So it's going to be a major loss to us. Is that going to happen on the next episode? I think it is. Because, yeah, we see a certain person flying on their dragon amidst the storm. And I'm like, I know who that is. Mm -hmm. I know what's going to happen here. So... I have a feeling, mm-hmm. I have a very strong feeling that's probably going to be the finale is that that's going to be the first first time that shit goes down, 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 which is going to spark heartache after heartache after heartache from here out. Mm, I don't know if, if it's all going to just be dragon fighting, I might be checked out of season two, I'm going to be honest, because I like this whole plotting and like this kind of. Stuff. Well, it's like, and the thing is, and I'll say a slight spoiler, so it's all a matter of opinion, but I think Daemon does the most unforgivable thing of all things during the Dance of Dragons, and it involves blood and cheese, and that's all I'm going to say. Oh. That's, that's the assassin's name, Sir Blood and Cheese. That's all I'm going to say, but I guess we'll see that happen in season two, referencing that, and it's, um, it's bad. It's fucking awful awful people are gonna be talking about what happens there i don't know if we'll see red wedding reactions like like that level of reaction because a lot of people are watching house of the dragon but obviously people aren't watching it the way they are game of thrones or they were so but i know we're gonna see a lot of reactions and i think people may want to start filming their reactions again at this point (laughs) yeah well so i did watch something else which it was a movie that I've been hearing about. It's on Hulu. After I watched Hellraiser, mm-hmm. I watched this movie finally called The Feast. Okay. And it's a Welsh horror movie. Mm-hmm. So you can't understand a thing anyone's saying, which is why it has subtitles. Oh, it almost reminded me of like funny games mixed with like uh, a little bit of lamb because of like nature and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but basically, there's this wealthy um family and they have um a country home in the welsh countryside and basically the dad is um part of parliament in england 
Um, but the it's the mom's family land, and they've started like mining and stuff there, um, for like oil and semi precious metals and stuff. But they built this beautiful house because they're very successful. So now instead of a farm, it's like their beautiful vacation home, and they've got like two like young adult sons. One's like more of a, like they're like late teens, early like college age kind of kids, and. This young woman comes to, fills in for their regular, like, I wouldn't say housekeeper, but, like, they usually have someone come to help them, like, prepare dinners for parties and stuff. And she comes by and just weird things start happening. And it kind of devolves into utter madness. It's very beautiful. And it's like a slow burn. But once it actually goes, it goes off the rails. Um, and it was very interesting and the fact that it's in Welsh was very interesting, too, because I don't think I'd ever seen a Welsh film before. Welsh sounds very similar to Gaelic, but then there are some English words in there, too. Anyways, but it's really good, and it, I really liked it. It was a slow burn. It got some, like, it had decent reviews, and I'd heard about it, but I just had never actually watched it. Um, but it was good. And I actually ended up watching The Babysitter, too. Oh, okay. Which was good. It was good. Have you seen I it yet? I liked it. I, by the same guy that directed Charlie's Angels. Oh, that's funny. So I was like, oh. oh McGee? Like, yeah, oh, McGee. Yeah. It was like, it was very stylish. And like, Sam- Samara Weaving was great in it. And it's the best acting Bella Thorne has ever done. She's like a supporting character. But yeah, that's all. Oh, and if you want to watch a ghosty thing, because I know like by the time this comes out, it'll be November, but... BuzzFeed Unsolved in Supernatural is on like Amazon Prime. It was surprisingly a good ghost hunting show because one person is like a total skeptic and the other person is totally into ghosts. And so like one of them is like ma- they have a good rapport, the two of them, and they go to some interesting places. So I had that like playing on the background. I was like, oh, that's a little spooky, but mostly funny. That's all, like, I watched. Did you... There were, I have some cool upcoming horror, though. I did watch uh, just one other thing. So, I did, I did oh, yeah. catch the new episode of Interview with the Vampire. I haven't watched... I haven't Which is yet. on AMC. It is so interesting. So, it's getting, like, pretty decent reviews. But um, fans are very, very opinionated. Like, I saw someone... I saw someone on my... I've only seen one person on my Facebook feed that, to my knowledge, is watching it other than me. And they literally were like, it is the most unintentionally funny show I've ever seen. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? I don't know if it's like constantly funny, but there are some funny moments in the show that I could see what they were meaning when they wrote that. But they took some, I, I like a lot of what they're doing with it. Um, because it's like, once again, Lewis has a very flowery language. I like that. I like the... Um, I always forget the actor that's playing uh, Malloy, but um, I like him. Uh, they did age up Claudia, so Claudia makes her grand debut in this most recent episode. And as you probably already know, mm. Claudia was five in the books. Yeah, I've seen the movie. Yeah, Claudia, Claudia yeah. was like five in the books. I think Kristen Dunst was maybe nine or ten when she played her. So they have a 14-year-old actress. Or no, she's 14 in the show. She may be a little bit older than that, um, the actress playing her. Which I, I get why they did that. Because there is a lot of, um, yeah, pretty sensitive subject material. Um, the girl does a wonderful job. It's just a very different Claudia. So that was kind of, that was kind of, it took me a minute to get used to. 
because she's like deep sovereign and you know rather than being stuck in a child's body it's like a pre-adolescent teenager or I guess like a 14 year old girl so there's just like a different energy but it's still really cool and the actress does a very good job so that's good anyway I'm interested to see where it's going uh Jacob Anderson is still doing wonderful to me he's the standout in the series still yeah I haven't watched it yet but I also have been kind of like iffy on watching it yeah because again I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to pay for A and E because I have too many streaming services. It is for just one show, yeah. uh, or AMC. Uh-huh. A- is it AMC, AMC, AMC. But I, I keep thinking I'm going to watch the Let the Right One In one, but I'm just like I don't. Mm, it's not the same story, and I kind of like appreciate that. But I'm also like it was an interesting background yeah. for the main character, and I would have rather have seen the history of how she they came about even though it's really terrifyingly sad and probably very gruesome. But, like, that part, like, like the whole history and, and them, like, living for hundreds of years as a vampire. Yeah. I thought would be interesting. And said so it's like, modern day guy, it's only been 10 years since his kid turned into a vampire. I'm like, oh, wow. And it's his child. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm sure it'll be fine. I, I need to watch at least the first episode, but it looks like just at a glance it's getting mixed reviews. So, yeah. Yeah. There's just so much other stuff I've been wanting to watch that I'm like, unless I'm really into it. The Watcher, I felt like I could binge while I was doing other stuff because I knew the story. And it was just like, oh, what are they going to do differently? But it was, oh, Mia Farrow's in it. That was the other person oh, I wow. mentioned. Mia Farrow's in it. And I was like, hell yeah, Mia Farrow. You stick it to Woody Allen. Screw him. I love her. Yeah. So she does a really good job. She plays like kind of a quirky creepy neighbor and i really like it like she's she's like just a little unhinged just unhinged enough and and kind of like that's how mia farrow's life after i watched that documentary that hbo did uh, last year i think about all the stuff with that because they go to mia farrow's house a lot in that and she is kind of like she's just kind of an eccentric little lady with grandkids now she's got this like beautiful house out in the middle of nowhere and, like, she's just kind of, like, this eccentric little lady. Um, but I'm gl- I was nice to see her in something again. Because I think she's a fantastic actress. Which, even though I will not watch uh, Rosemary's Baby again until Roman Polanski has passed away, uh, she is fantastic in that movie. Oh, so Barbarian is going to be streaming on October 25th. I don't know. Did we already mention yeah, that? Yeah, at the very beginning. Oh, no, it's okay. We already mentioned it. I couldn't remember if we were just talking. Have you seen the trailers for one knock at the cabin yes is it gonna be a happening situation or a split situation what do we think we'll have to see it looks really promising right now i know know. well okay it looks promising until like dave batista (laughs) i was like dave batista what are you doing in this movie i don't know we'll have to see maybe he'll like he'll like really like kind of be like the um the standout in that movie, you know? Yeah. Well, Ron Ron Weasley's in it, too. Oh! Oh! I think. Oh! I'm like, am I? I'm pretty sure he was one of the other guys in the background. Maybe I'm misremembering. I remember there being, like, four of them, so. Now, let me say, I didn't notice it, but I was watching somebody else react to it, and they were like, Ron Weasley? Yeah, Rupert Grint. Yep. Oh, wow. And Jonathan Groff. Nice. But anyways, I don't know. Could be nice. Might be horrible. You never know with M. Night Channel. That's true. But I like that he's doing movies every year again. 
So, I don't yeah. know. I still need to watch old. I keep saying I'm going to watch it, and then I'm like, ah, I don't know. And Nanny's getting released. Yes, I've been waiting for that one. In December, and I don't I don't want to know too much about it, because I want to be surprised. But also, have you seen this trailer for Bones and All? I have read a lot about Bones and All, and I, but I have not seen the trailer for it, honestly. So I saw the trailer on, uh, was that watching a movie or was it on YouTube? But I watched the whole trailer because I was like, what is this? But I guess it's a cannibal love story. Love story. Yeah, with Tim- Timothy Chalamet. Oh, it's Timothy, apparently. I think he's okay if people call him Timothy. But at some point, he pronounced it, and he was like, it's Timothy Chalamet. And I was like, I was like what? Okay. But Mark Rylance is in it, and Chloe Sevigny, and a bunch of good people. And who is the director? It's Luca Guadagino. So I'm like, I mean, I'll probably, I like Luca Guadagino. I love Suspiria. And I know not everyone likes his Suspiria, but y'all know I love it. At least he does something different. Yeah, I mean, it's nice because he'll do, like, a romance or, like, a drama, and then he'll do, like, a really terrifying horror movie, and then he'll go back to doing dramas, and now he's back to doing, like, a romance horror movie. So, also, he's not working with Army Hammer anymore, so good on him. Um, But also, apparently, there's going to be another Evil Dead movie next oh, year. Oh, I did not know that. I just saw it yesterday. I don't think there's a trailer was supposed to be called Evil Dead Rise. Interesting. Expected in spring of twenty. Is it going to be a sequel to like the 2013 remake? See, that's what I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's a Raimi sequel or if it's a... I can't remember who the director was of the... 2013 one. The one, but I liked it. So I don't really know what it's going to be like. But I just saw that like yesterday or maybe this morning and I was like... What? It says it's the fifth installment in the Evil Dead franchise. So it was going to be an HBO Max premiere, but now it's going to be theatrical first. But yeah, it's good. I'm excited about that. I hope it's good. I guess it's time to pick next week's movie, though. Yeah. Which, it's Britt's pick of the week, I think, because we did master and then we had two guest episodes so we were both like who's we guessing yeah it is technically mine so i picked this movie katie knows about this movie we haven't seen it yet even though incidentally i do own it on criterion dvd but me and katie probably both heard of this movie originally because it was on bravo's hundred scariest movie moments um i remember being very terrified just watching the moment it showed because it featured a ghostly child and as you guys know i love ghost stories um, so we're doing, for next week, uh, The Devil's Backbone. It is currently Ooh. streaming on HBO Max. Uh came out in 2001, and it was directed by Guillermo del Toro, who, of course, we now know as Shape of Water. He directed Hellboy, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, so Crimson Peak, which we've done. And upcoming Cabinet of Curiosity. And most recently, Oscar-nominated Best Picture nominee Nightmare Alley. So, Anyways, but yeah. So, and it's on HBO Max. It's probably on Criterion, but I honestly haven't checked. But I'm excited because that's one that is supposed to be really good. And I think much like Pan's Labyrinth and um, The Orphanage, it's going to have a lot of, like, like uh, emotion. Yeah, very emotional. Yay! Yay! But I guess with that, we can say goodnight. I know I'm tired, 
Sorry, we're recording this kind of late, and Britt is having allergy issues. I'm having allergy issues. It's time for bed. Wear your mask. Get your boosters if you can. Wash your hands. Be careful. It's flu season. It's not just COVID season. It's flu season. Also, like, cold weather is coming our way. So, sweaters, yay. But also, cold and flu season. So, be careful. Be kind to one another. Watch some spooky shit. And don't gatekeep horror films. I'm sorry. (laughs) We had a conversation earlier about gatekeeping horror movies before we started recording. Don't gatekeep them. If people like what they like, awesome. Art is subjective, y'all. But yeah, I'm excited about Devil's Backbone. Me too, me too. But yeah, uh, thank you each and every one of you for always listening. We appreciate your likes, your comments, you sharing with your friends. We love you. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, Take care of yourselves and each other. Take your vitamins. Eat healthy, guys. It, It helps your immune system this time of year. And with that, I'm saying goodnight. We love you all, and we look forward to seeing you um, next time. Same spoopy time, same spoopy channel. Stay yes. spoopy, y'all. Stay spoopy, y'all. Bye. 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 Bye, everybody. Night or good day or good morning or whatever. Bye. Bye, Britt. Bye, 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 kitties. Bye. And kitties. <laughs> and Taylor. Bye. Bye. Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.